Welcome to New York Public Health Now, where we talk about the why so you could decide what to do. Hi, I'm Dr. Jim McDonald, Commissioner of the New York State Department of Health, coming to you from the 14th floor of Corning Tower, overlooking the Empire State Plaza here in beautiful Albany, where today we are going to talk about respiratory syncytial virus, also known as RSV. And joining me today is Joanne Moore, Acting Executive Deputy Commissioner at the Department of Health. Joanne, how are you today? Hello, Dr. McDonald. I am well, thank you. We're talking about RSV today. I'm very happy to have our friend, Dr. Emily Lutterlow with us today. Dr. Lutterlow is a public health physician and the director of our state epidemiology department here at the New York State Department of Health. Good to see you, Dr. Lutterlow. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming to join us and talk a little bit about RSV, also known as respiratory syncytial virus. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we can keep ourselves healthy, why it's an issue here, why it's an issue during the fall and winter seasons. And, you know, we're going to be gathering indoors with family or friends. So good to talk a little bit about RSV today. So Dr. Lederlo, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm an infectious disease doctor. I've been with the Department of Health for over 13 years. And I've been the director of our Division of Epidemiology for about the last two years. So my passion and my particular area of interest is in control of infectious diseases. I also have three children, so I know what it's like to worry about um, young babies and young children who are sick. So Dr. Lutterlow, so glad that uh, we get to have a conversation today. Uh, can you tell me what is RSV? So RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus, and basically it's one of the many respiratory viruses out there that cause people to get bad colds or just you know feel miserable, typically during the winter season. And people who have RSV can be sick from you know just maybe a few days up to a week, and sometimes people have lingering symptoms, a cough, and just not feeling well for for several weeks after that. Is it me? I feel like a most people outside the medical community really only heard about RSV in the last year or so. How long has RSV actually been around and why is it getting so much attention now? Well, RSV was first identified in 1956, but it's been around for much longer than that. I don't think anyone really knows how long RSV has affected the human population, but you know it, it's been way back into the in, indefinite past. And I think there's just a lot more interest in it now because we now have vaccines for it, which is a very big advancement. Oh, it's interesting. And how does it differ symptomatically? from other flus or a bad cold, and is it spread the same way? It is spread the same way. It's spread via the respiratory route, so coughs and sneezes and droplets and, um, you know, contaminated hands if people haven't washed their hands well. Sometimes it can be um, spread if it's if it contaminates the surface and someone goes by and touches that surface and then touches their, you know, their mouth or their, or their eyes or their nose. And as far as symptoms go, it's very much like other respiratory diseases. I don't think it would even be possible to distinguish one respiratory disease like you know a bad cold like RSV from another by symptoms alone you can you can perhaps um, have a high suspicion this might be RSV or this might be something else but you really can't tell exactly what virus it is unless you get a test for it yeah I know thank you Dr. Lutterlow that was great you know I've been a pediatrician for a long time I've been dealing with RSV my entire career I saw so many children get it you know when I was in medical school and as a pediatrician I've seen this year in and year out you know, kids getting RSV, you know, it was really common reason why kids were coughing and wheezing and really just a very common childhood infection. But I'm just curious, like, 
that's mainly the group I saw who got RSV, but is that really the only group we should worry about getting RSV? No, that's a very important group. We, you know, we, we definitely worry about babies and young children. And I remember when I did my pediatric training, you know, we would dread the winter months because the wards would fill up with sick, miserable children with RSV. But we're starting to learn more and more about the fact that RSV also infects um, and causes a lot of a lot of difficulty in older people too. So um, in older adults, it causes a lot of hospitalizations and even deaths similar to influenza. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, I think this is one of the things, it's a common virus that's out there and it does affect people of really any age. You know how sometimes people have a cold and it just doesn't want to go away. It might seem like a tough respiratory virus. People might be coughing, even coughing up, you know, mucus and things like that. Maybe they've tested negative for the flu or other viruses. You know, and I guess it's the question is like, is it possible they have respiratory syncytial virus or RSV? Do the symptoms overlap enough where, quite frankly, if you don't look for it, you might just find it? Yep, definitely. It certainly could be RSV. We are at the beginning of our RSV season. RSV usually hits in the, you know, the mid to late fall through um, through parts of the winter. And um, we are starting to see numbers creep up that's been the case for probably the last several weeks. So um, those those illnesses that you know seem to be a bad cold certainly could be RSV or any number of other viruses for that matter. Hmm. You mentioned testing earlier. So how is RSV diagnosed? So um, I guess the first thing I should say is RSV is not always diagnosed. You know, for for many people, um, older children, younger adults, uh, most healthy people, it's just going to be like a bad cold, and they're probably not going to be tested and won't even know that they have RSV. And you know, that's that's Im- important for several reasons, not the least of which, if they're around someone who is very young or very old or has uh, medical conditions that make them very vulnerable, they could easily spread RSV to that person. Sometimes, if a person is sick enough to go to the doctor, sometimes the doctor will test for RSV and the test is um, just a swab that's sent off to a to a lab to look for the virus. Okay so this isn't something you could do at home? No there's not really a home test is it? You get a swab inside your nose and you just take some of that mucus put it on a little test card and before you know it you've got a result and there you go it's usually the result within the time you're in the doctor's office so it's it's quick it's rapid it's a rapid test this year is a special year for me for so many reasons by the way but i actually in medical school never thought i'd be talking about an rsv vaccine for babies i never thought i'd be talking about an rsv vaccine for people who are pregnant either and i have to admit since rsv isn't a treatable disease i'm really thrilled about the rsv having some options now to prevent it so can you talk a little bit about what is this RSV vaccine for babies? What is the one for people who are pregnant and, and who should get that? Sure. So the RSV vaccine for babies is called Nircevimab. The brand name is Bayfortis. That's kind of a mouthful, by the way. Nircevimab, yeah. you said? Yeah. Nircevimab, yeah. yeah. I don't know who names these things, but I'm going to get out there on record saying could be simpler. Anyways, please keep going. <laughs> okay, thank you. So um, the vaccine for babies is intended for babies who are entering their first RSV season, so up through eight months of age, and it can also be given to slightly older babies who have certain medical conditions um, who are older than that or entering their second RSV season. And um, it's it's actually turned out to be very popular, which unfortunately has led to a bit of a shortage this year. And, um, and that brings me to another option for preventing RSV in, um, in young infants, and that is a maternal vaccine. So actually immunizing the, the pregnant individual during, it's, I think it's between, it's about in the eight, eighth month of pregnancy generally. 
And um, that vaccine is called Abrisvo, another another tough name there. When you immunize the pregnant individual, that person makes antibodies that cross the placenta and can protect the baby once it's born for several months, similar to how nirsevimab can protect the baby once if it's given after birth. Abrisvo can protect the baby when it's given before birth. It's fascinating to me that this maternal vaccine actually got created. I'm going to bring you back to 1996. I was in the Navy at the time at Bethesda, Maryland. I'm in an exam room and people from the National Institute of Health had babies too and some of them would come get their care at the Navy hospital. I remember talking to a parent of a baby saying, you know, just how bad RSV was. And I remember this physician saying to me, you know, it'd be nice if we had a vaccine to give to mothers someday. This is 1996. Someone was thinking this. And I remember thinking like, I don't know if that's going to happen. We haven't done vaccines that way. And it just it's interesting. One of the things that's fun about being in medicine for a long time is some of the things that looked impossible are not only present, but they're actually so achievable. And now it's real. It's one of the most fun things I find about just medicine in the United States. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk f- just for a moment about the question that's always asked. So are these vaccines covered by health insurance? So these vaccines are covered by government health insurance like Medicaid and Medicare. For private insurance, they typically will be covered, and in many cases they are covered, but that's something that anyone who's interested in getting it should double check because insurers do have a period of time after a vaccine is approved and recommended to start covering it. Okay. All right. And then what about adults in general? Uh, what is there an RSV vaccine for adults? There is. There's a there's an RSV vaccine for adults who are 60 years of age or, or older. And um, it's recommended on the basis of what's called shared decision making. So what that means is um, older adults who are interested in getting the RSV vaccine should talk it over with their healthcare provider, their doctor or, um, you know, a pharmacist or, um, you know, whoever else is um, giving them the vaccine to talk about, you know, if they have any medical conditions, that might make them more vulnerable to RSV or um, what their personal preferences are or any other situation or um, circumstance that you know might make them want to be well protected against RSV. Yeah, so it's interesting to me, like when you think about who's gonna get the adult RSV vaccine, it's people 60 and older with another problem like diabetes, heart disease, other issues, you know, but it's interesting. The New York State Department of Health did something I don't know any other state health department did, which is we did, a standing order, a non-patient-specific standing order, so people could actually have greater access. Do you want to talk about why we did that and why we ended up doing the signed standing order? Do you want to have a conversation about what what, what was it that led to that and, and why was that a good thing? Sure. Well, basically, we want to ensure that anyone who wants the RSV vaccine can get it. And pharmacists are, um, you know, widely available. There's, you know, a, a pharmacy in a lot of corners in in many towns. Um, Sometimes um, a person's primary care doctor might not carry the vaccine and we want to make sure that people can still get it. So um, Dr. McDonald, I know you signed this order which um, really lets pharmacists give the vaccine based on your signature and that was designed to make sure that people can get it if they want it. So I think it's really important as we talk about access to make sure we are making the connection as it relates to health equity and making sure that we provide access to RSV vaccine as well as education and outreach so people can make informed decisions. Yeah, I think one of the things that we were trying to think about is like, how do you make it easily accessible for people to get something new, right? So anybody can walk into any pharmacy in New York State and we gave them a signed 
non-patient-specific standing orders. So if you're wondering, do I need to go to my doctor to get the RSV vaccine? Well, you can. That's great. But if you'd rather talk to the pharmacist about it, you can do that, too. So you can just walk into your pharmacy. You can do it later on today if you'd like to. And if you think that makes sense, you're older than 60 years old and you've got an underlying health condition, heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, you know, go talk to the pharmacist. And if they think it's right for you, you can get the RSV vaccine. So ironically, we're rapidly approaching the end of our time together, Dr. Letterlow. Um, a very informative conversation. I, I know it was just, I learned a lot today. It's good and it's great. So we have more information on the Department of Health website, if you're interested, which is health.ny.gov forward slash RSV. So if you go to health.ny.gov forward slash RSV, you can learn more about RSV and how to prevent it. So thank you, Dr. Ludlow. You're welcome. It was great to have you today. So Thanksgiving's coming. Hope you have a nice Thanksgiving. As always, if you have an idea for topics we should talk about on New York Public Health Now podcast, please let us know by email. So our email address is publichealthnowpodcast at health.ny.gov. That's publichealthnowpodcast at health.ny.gov. Keep an eye out, by the way, for our latest New York Public Health Now episode on your favorite podcast player like Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. Search by our podcast title, New York Public Health Now, or by keyword, NYSDOH. Then tap the subscribe or follow button to be notified when we release a new episode, which is coming out about every other week. Coming up next, we have a special bonus episode of New York Public Health Now as we talk about the Department of Health's 25th Annual World AIDS Day Commemoration and our 8th Annual Ending the Epidemic Summit over in the Albany Capital Center. This year's event theme is Family Reunion. Together we adapt and thrive and are highlighting the transformative efforts to help people living with or impacted by HIV, sexually transmitted infections and hepatitis c so i hope you'll join us for our special bonus podcast episode next week uh, so for the new york public health now podcast i'm dr jim mcdonald and i'm joanne Morn, and i'm dr emily letterlow and thank you for listening